0: So what is anger? It's a strong emotional reaction. That's important for us to understand. It's an emotional thing. It's the dash lights we've been saying. When something is, goes wrong, there's a dash light in our heart, in our mind, in our emotions that kind of says like something's wrong. And that could be spurred unrighteously or righteously. We'll talk more about that but typically we think of it often leading to plans for or even acts of revenge or punishment. Even if that's just, I'm done with you and walling off and giving the silent treatment, that's a punishment, right? Uh, it, it may not be I you know, broke your nose kind of punishment, but just writing somebody off is a way to punish them um, and to protect ourselves. And when rightly handled, it leads to a righteous response. So there's something done wrong an evil, a wrongdoing to us or in society. And when we handle our anger righteously, it leads to something uh, being done, we'll say constructively. I gave the example of Mothers Against Drunk Driving a couple times. Uh, the group that was outraged about people dying because of drunk driving and MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving uh, did something to combat that. It was kind of a righteous response to a wrongdoing. Again, I'm moving quickly here. Uh, Ungodly or unrighteous anger is a sin against God, and it's harmful to ourselves and others. I want to make sure, and I keep hammering this point, but that we begin to understand that our anger, it's not just a character flaw. It's not just something that harms me and makes me miserable. It's not just something that hurts those around me. It's all those things, and we don't want those things. But far and above all those things, it's a sin against God. It causes a rift or causes an obstacle in our fellowship and enjoyment in our relationship with God. And everything in life flows from that. If we're messed up with God, the rest of life becomes messed up. And so if we have an anger issue, it's not just, oh, something that is, or if we handle, mishandle our anger, it's not just something that, yeah, I'd really like to work on that. We need to begin to see it as, if I'm not handling this correctly, it's a sin. Against God. And because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to live in that sin. And we may have people in here who have been enslaved to anger. And maybe it's a resentment kind of anger, a bitterness, a slow crock potty anger. And we may have people in here who have been enslaved to maniac anger that's explosive flamethrower anger. Either one can be set free because of Jesus Christ. We don't have to live under that slavery. A couple scriptures, we had a lot more, but I'm just going to cover a couple. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's kind of stuff that comes along with anger, isn't it? Bitterness, that's the kind of slow crock potty stuff. Rage, fly off the handle. Uh, Anger, just that brewing. Harsh words, right? Anybody here ever said some bad words to somebody else? Yeah. Uh, Slander, that's maybe a more crock potty kind of anger. Like you're not the person who's going to go out and go, oh, yeah, and confront somebody, but you're going to talk bad about them. You know what so-and-so did? They're the biggest jerk in the world. You're going to slander them. That comes from anger. All type of evil behavior. Um, Colossians 3.8, also, if you don't, you can you can read that or uh, jot it down and, and check it out later. Ungodly or unrighteous anger is destructive. It's always destructive. Godly and righteous anger is constructive. It ends up bringing about something good something beautiful it may be kind of a process but the godly anger will bring about something that's constructive we'll we'll look at a verse for that so i've said a lot of review i'm going to do a little bit more any thoughts or comments to this point disagreements anybody angry all right anybody angry that we're taking this long on the review let's start (laughs) all right then let's move into wrong anger so it talked about these four types of, uh, I kind of categorize it as four types. We may, I'll, I'll get you in just a second, but thanks. Uh, I didn't see your hand before if you had it up, sorry. You may, depending on the situation, display all four of these. You probably do depending on or, or act out in all four of these ways, depending on the situation. And so I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this is me, this is me. But there's probably some that you more strongly can identify with. Logan. Okay. Pardon me? Yeah, the mole. I'll get to those. Good. Good man. So Logan start to, he's given us a head start on these. The first is the maniac. We'll explain them in a minute. The moper, the monitor, and the mole. So the maniac is this guy or person or gal that's uh, characterized by violent outbursts, verbal or physical rage, and or losing control, right? You've probably done that at one point or another. Our biblical example is Cain. The moper who's characterized by fretting, self-pity, uh, and or depression. This person internalizes a lot of their anger, uh, is questions what's going on in the world, questions God, and ends up becoming angry so that's a, a moper uh, the prodigal son's brother is an example of that said he was angry and would not go into the party right and so he was moping about his other brother got treated it was an anger issue he didn't go in and, and like Cain murder his brother this here we had two brothers one brother situation handled totally different but it's still an anger issue do you think God was pleased with this uh prodigal son's brother no it's an anger issue. The monitor, characterized by low grade bitterness, rehashing past wrongs that were thought to be resolved, and a lack of forgiveness. Biblical example is Absalom and Amnon. Uh, if you remember, he went and uh, for two years stewed on this thing. Uh, his, his sister had been raped, and then he went and had his brother killed after two years of, of stewing on it and kind of keeping track of his brother's sin and refusing to forgive him. Not that nothing should have been done. But what he did was not the the godly response. Colossians 3.19 there says, "Uh, husband, love your wives and do not be embittered towards them. That would be this kind of thing where you're just counting the things. Again, they've done this again. I've asked them so many times. 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 And you don't necessarily fly off the handle, but your heart grows colder and harder and you become bitter. A root of bitterness grows in your heart. The mole... This is characterized by denial, leaking, lying, hurting, uh, substitutes or others, and or manipulation. This person is in denial. I'm not angry. I'm not an angry person. Uh, they're the people that go postal. You know, they're like, they were the nicest neighbors. They were always greeted me. And then pretty soon you find out that they they uh, flipped out and you know, killed everybody in their household. And it's, it's, these are horrific stories, but the person walks around with a smile on their face. It's kind of like the whack-a-mole. <clears throat> you don't know when that's going to pop out or pop up. It's just this anger that just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. And they're really concerned with looking good. The Pharisees are an example of that. They're plotting, planning murder, but on the outside, everything is great. They're in the right crowd. The Pharisees look like a bunch of winners. Get them push the right buttons in, they're murderers, right? Um, any questions or comments about these? Is this familiar? This is this kind of ringing a bell? I don't know if it's just because I feel like that one is, is like, resonates with me, but I feel like that's a real common one in the church because we do want to look good and we do want to appear like we have things together, but we end up hurting our families at home, you know, like I pictured myself i will get mad about something else and then yell, Evie because I think she's going to love me no matter what, but I'm concerned about what if everybody else does me, you know? So if you take it out on... Right, if you're going to express your anger, if you're angry at somebody here, somebody makes you angry today, right. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, good comment. I think we can all relate to that. All right, good? All right, those are the kind of angers we talked about. None of them are godly, right? So here are some reasons or roots. Does anybody want to try and... Remember off the top of their head, some of the things we talked about? Fear, insecurity. Good. Fear, Uh, and again, I gave the example of if Evie almost gets hit in a parking lot, my first reaction is sometimes anger, right? What are you doing? Anger at her or anger at whoever, when really that's because of this surge of fear, a lack of control. I can't control that situation. I can't control the cars. I can't make sure and keep my little baby safe forever. Uh, but it, what ends up it manifests itself. It's fear, but it manifests itself in anger, hurt, uh, real. Whether it's a real or a perceived wrong, uh, you know, we think someone snubbed us. They're just preoccupied with something else. They've got a world of uh, other things on their mind, and we're like, what's up with them, man? Who do they think they are? And pretty soon we got an attitude against them, a bitter or whatever it is, maybe gossip about them. Um, frustration. Uh, we have this idea of how things are going to go. I'm going to uh, get up early. I'm going to head to work. I'm going to get to work a little early. I'm going to get this done. I'm going get, to get that done right out the gate. You get a phone call. You end up, you lost the keys, the, the roads, the traffic's backed up, and pretty soon you're anger, angry because you had this expectation of how the whole morning is going to roll out, and it went nothing like that. Insecurity uh this would kind of ties into that hurt it can be a real or perceived attack on our image or reputation and and this would also deal with when we get angry at ourselves and we're just angry because we're not living up to the standard that we've set for ourselves or the standard that we believe that others have put on us and so we fail or we don't reach that standard and we're so angry at ourselves for doing i did it again and people hurt themselves people uh, smash things, break things, or just internalize it and become depressed, those type of things, because they're angry. And really what it is, it's an insecurity slash pride issue. You've set this bar and rather than humbling yourself and going like, I need to be realistic. I can't reach that bar. I'm a sinful person that struggles. Jesus Christ can grow me and teach me and maybe I'll grow into that. But, when we're not doing looking at things the way God's Word says to look at them, we become angry at ourselves. Or if we think somebody else is putting us down or treating us less than or talking down to us, right? Anybody else experience that? Right. Okay. Bottom line, it's a selfish response because things are not going my way. This is wrong anger. That's kind of at the bottom, kind of like we would just like boil it all down. Things aren't going my way. I said a couple weeks ago, does anybody here get angry when things are going 100% their way? And you're just like, I'm so angry. (laughs) Everything's going my way today. No, I mean, that's insane. It's not going to happen. You get angry because it's not going my way. And you could ask, is it going God's way? I don't know if it's going God's way, but I know it's not going my way. And we're angry. Maybe it's going God's way. Why are we angry? It's not going our way, and uh, talked about the fact. And this is a tough. This is a tough topic. So if if we need to talk more about this, we can. But I think I have my rights lit, uh, listed down there, and a lot of it is because we believe our rights are being violated. This is kind of a tricky conversation, but I want to take a few minutes on this because it's important for us to understand it. And I know it's a review, but. Uh, I feel like this is important. So, let me just read through some of these rights I just jotted down. And some of you may go, of course, of course, of course. But what I want to make sure we understand is these rights, air quotes, are not guaranteed to us in Scripture. It may be nice things to want. It may be nice things to desire. It may be something that you would expect from a spouse or a friend or the church or whoever it is, but you may not get those things. And what I'm saying is it doesn't mean they're guaranteed in God's word. And God's word may may say, respect others, but it does not guarantee you will be respected. In fact, in places it says you will be hated. So what I'm trying to say is we need to kind of grab a hold of the fact that we're not promised for everything to go the way we want and everyone to treat us the way they should treat us. We're told to treat others a certain way that does not guarantee we're gonna get treated that way. Does that make sense? So here's some rights that sometimes make us angry when it's not going our way. We think uh, we have the right to have fun. We think we have the right to be respected. Getting tricky. We're not promised that in God's word. Nowhere is this promise that you will be treated with respect. We have the right to good health. We have the right to plan our own schedule. We have the right to be understood. We have the right to have the job we want. We have the right to have all the possessions that we want. We have the right to be treated fairly. We have the right to be successful. We have the right to be accepted by others. We have the right to have a spouse and children that adore us. We have the right to feel safe and secure at all times. We have a right to be obeyed and listened to. We have the right to have people meet our emotional needs. We have the right to live how we want. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Now what I'm saying, should people treat you with respect? Yes, just as you should treat others with respect. Is that a guarantee that you can be angry and say, I'm not being treated with respect. That may be an ungodly thing that they're doing. We need to learn how to have a godly response to that. And part of that's going, I'm not promised that. Make sense? All right. I, I, that can be a tricky one, but I, I think that's personally for me, that's one of the things that for me kind of helps me take a step back in the heat of the moment and begin to say, you know what? This is, I'm mad because Carly's not doing things the way I think she should do them. Where is that in here? begins I could take a step back and go the problems with me my expectations so right anger is God's anger against sin his response brings about righteousness Mark 3:1 through6 uh, says that Christ got angry and healed this man's hand but he got angry because of the Pharisees response so righteous anger will be controlled and constructive it will be controlled and constructive. here's some more verses. I'll just uh, read the first one for now. Be angry and do not sin. That's control, right? You're angry, but you're not sinning. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, Constructive, we've talked about those. Learning to handle anger God's way. So here we're going to start getting into a little bit. uh, It's still a little review, but then we'll move into some new stuff here quickly. Where should we start? One. So this verse, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Here are two big principles. Deal with your anger correctly. Not just how you feel. That's not correctly all the time. There are scriptures that tell us a fool vents all his feelings. That doesn't mean it's the right thing. Sometimes that feels really good in the moment. But that's not necessarily a righteous response. So deal with it correctly. When we are angry, we have a choice. We do not have to... Sin. We don't have to sin. I gave the example before of having, uh, uh, being able to control your anger. If you're all angry and you're having an angry discussion with your spouse and all of a sudden the phone rings and you pick it up, you're like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, before you're like, I've told you 20 times. Why are we still dealing with them? Yeah. Hello. I know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool, yeah, thanks for calling. Oh, I know me too. All right, well, hey, got something else going right now, but uh, I'll try and give you a call back tomorrow. Did you control your anger for that little blip of time? Then we have control. God's given us an opportunity to make some choices. So uh, if you can't relate to that, and some of you are like, I just wouldn't pick up the phone, then that also is a choice, but there are all kinds of different choices you can make in there. You get my point though, right? Also, to deal with it quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That doesn't mean everything is going to be fixed right away, but it means that you deal with it. You start processing it correctly. When it's not dealt with quickly, what does it become? Resentment. Bitterness. Is that a good thing? There's a lot of scripture about that. I believe it can be just as sinful, and it's just as sinful as the explosive flip-out anger. So here are a couple more principles. Slow down. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be all quick to listen. So quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Why? Because human or man's anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Our autopilot anger, the anger you have on autopilot is not a righteous anger. Typically, that's not going to be unless you've learned and trained and grow enough, grown enough to have a spirit response. We'll talk about that in a minute. So one of the things we need to do is slow down. How many of you can relate to the angry, uh, remorseful feelings you have where you get angry, That anger feelings are there, and right immediately backed up to those are sinful actions, words, thoughts, whatever it would be. So part of it is to slow down and to be able to go. Dash lights on. Pull over. Right. Don't punch the dash. Don't uh, curse at the car. Don't you know? Drive it into a wall. I'm so sick of this thing. Um, I had. We actually got a boat. Is uh, we got from my cousin because my cousin got so frustrated with this boat that he could not get it to start. That he went out and shot two two holes with a shotgun. <laughs> In the whole of it. And he was like, I'm done with this thing. My dad ended up buying and we we fixed it up. But, you know, just slowing down a little bit, maybe going inside getting a little lemonade and uh, You know, might have been might have been take a deep breath. So slowing down is is a first step. So some of you have seen some of this in VCO. I'm not going to take a ton of time. But if you look at this. This is typically how it happens if we're, we're not walking with God or not uh, pushing, trying to learn this, is we have our incident, whatever it is. Someone cuts us off or whatever it is. We have our sinful reaction. You guys know what that sinful reaction might be for you or for your spouse or whatever. And then we just continue on after that. We flip out, we stuff it, we talk bad about them, we grow a cold heart, whatever. And then what we do is we deny it I'm not mad. It wasn't that big a deal. We justify it. Well, someone needed to put them in their place or someone needed to take care of this. Someone needs to start addressing these issues in society. And And so we don't really become, we don't handle our anger in a righteous way. We end up just continuing on and we make excuses for it. Are there any thoughts or comments? I know I'm doing a lot of talking, but I don't I don't want to railroad anybody if there's questions or comments. We have a nice small church, it's good. All right. Zizi. You started with four things. What about the other three days the week? Started about yeah. four things. <laughs> that Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> um So good. There's another, somebody else that can identify with this stuff. Thanks. It's not, it's not just the pastor. Uh, So another thing we do is we have the incident, whatever it is. Let's just use a traffic incident. We have our sinful reaction, same exact reaction, maybe. And we continue on for a short time, driving them two miles down the road. And then we're like, Oh dang, the praise song comes on the radio and we're like, Ooh, yikes man, what was I thinking? I just said all those bad words, had all those evil thoughts. Uh, And you have this realization and then you repent and you grow and begin to see a righteous response. And you go, and how many of you can relate to that? Especially the person with the explosive anger that's trying to walk with God will have this. They're so used to that rut that and it may be five minutes later, it may be 10 minutes later it may be a day later and they feel bad and they will very often go back and make it right and I, I watched my father do this and he would explode huge but he would feel uh, so, so horrible and he would come back and say what i did was wrong i don't want to do that uh, the, the, and so that's a good thing the goal is to have this realization move further and further and closer to their sinful reaction Right, towards like, you blankety blank. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> right, that's that's progress. That's growth. Rather than two days later, you've already called and badmouthed them to everybody, and you know smashed a few things that you didn't really want anyways, and all these different things. The goal would be that we have this incident, and then we have the realization. <laughs> those warm sweaty feelings i'm having are anger lord help me i want to handle this righteously whether it's anger at myself anger at somebody else uh just starting to stew on something where you start to have the obsessive thoughts that stink in person and you're starting to get and they did this and you're like this is anger this is anger as soon as it starts flaring up and then you go i'm not Going to act out on my anger. I may still have all those feelings swirling around and kind of gritting my teeth, but I'm not going to act out on it. And that's growth and that's progress. And then sooner or later, our feelings very often begin to catch up. Does that make sense? Can you relate to that? So I would say in this, praise. If you're here, ask God to con- give you conviction in this to bring it to light to convict you to give you a realization that you're sinning and when you're sinning. If you're here, praise God that He's convicting you. Ask him to bring it to your attention a little earlier. Say I want to grow in this, but I, I I feel like I'm I'm not catching it till two hours after after I've already stewed on it or made a plan to hurt so and so or whatever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, and if you're here, keep going and grab somebody else who has an anger problem and help them share your testimony of what God's done. All right. Any questions, comments? We're obviously not going to get through everything today, but we're going to do a couple more things. So in slowing down, so we said that first thing, slow down, right? Slow down. So let's just kind of go back here, deal with it correctly, deal with it quickly. This isn't the thing we want to push off and brush off. We have to deal with it. Go like, Okay, I need to slow down. I wanna deal with this correctly and I wanna deal with it quickly. We talked about all that. So part of the slowing down is one, slowing down a little bit and going, why am I angry? Is this, am I angry for a selfish reason or for a righteous reason? Am I angry because my rights are being violated or because God is being offended or people are being harmed? And then consider our response. How are we handling it? Are we handling it selfishly or righteously? We talked about this, uh, the reason, you know, so you could look at Cain or the prodigal son, all these, uh, the reasons why uh, we talked about our rights. And just know if it's rooted in a selfishness or my rights, it's going to lead to a sinful response. It may not be the big overt. It may be a quiet, buried anger, but it's still, evil so the reason uh is it because things are not going my way this is part of the slowing down so uh carly says something i come home things aren't going the way and i can feel the feelings like i'm not i'm going to say anything i'm not going to say anything boy man i feel irritated uh you know and then evie comes in and i'm like I, i'm always happy to see her but i feel annoyed why why am i offended is it because things aren't going my way? I've slowed down I'm not just reacting with it things not just going my way am i being selfish is it because i'm not in control just begin to ask those things or ask yourself is it things because things aren't being done god's way god's offended is it something that, that someone's being harmed or is there an injustice towards me or towards others and i have this and then we can go like oh so there's a righteous reason for this this is something godly and then we need to find out the godly ways to respond So if it's rooted in selfishness first, confess it. Lord, I know this is all about me. Uh, I I acknowledge, and this is a saying that is really helpful for me, for me to say, you're God and I'm not. Lord, help me to embrace that right now in this situation. You're God, I'm not. I want to be running things, but it's your job, not mine. Um, Again, is it because of my rights? And then just confess that and ask God for right perspective. God, I'm wanting to control this whole situation. Will you please give me a more godly perspective? Does that make sense? If it's rooted in righteousness, then consider how do I proceed with the righteous response? So something's was done wrong here. Like this is a valid thing to be upset about. How do I handle that righteously? Um We looked at some of those verses. I'm just going to give four practical reasons. I'm not going to go into all of them. Maybe we'll cover two of them. So here's four really practical things that you can do. One is let it go. Two is lovingly communicate. Three is forgive. Four is confront. You don't necessarily have to do every single one of these. You may have to do a combination of them, but these are four Very practical, go to moves to handle anger righteously. And it will depend on the situation as to which one you need to to act on. Let it go, lovingly communicate, forgive, or confront. So, when to let it go? When others aren't doing anything harmful, when someone makes a simple mistake, when it's not an issue of uh, right or wrong, it's just a difference of opinion when it's something small, a spec and not a recurring problem. I'll talk about the spec in a minute. But so really this, I mean, you can see people that will get mad at somebody else who's a fan of a different football team and they're just mad at them for being a Dallas Cowboy fan. And they've just already, they don't like the person. And it's like this anger's brewing. It's like, that's a difference of opinion, man. Let it go. Just let it go. Like, Everyone needs to like your team or whatever it may be uh, on, uh, you know, whatever it may be, uh, others aren't really doing anything harmful. This happens a lot in marriage. We have to learn how to let some, some of the things go. That just may be a preference. Even if someone makes a simple mistake. I know a lot of times I make a stupid driving mistake and I feel like an idiot right away. And Sometimes I acknowledge it. Uh, The older I get, the more often I'm just like, "Mm, sorry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not typically not overly concerned about that part of it. But I'm just kind of like, oh, what a moron. I'm the person that I'm always mad at here. I just did uh, that thing. And so really, how nice is it when you do something like that and the other driver is like, no problem, no sweat? Let it go, right? They made a driving mistake. You make driving mistakes. We all make driving mistakes. Someone does something at the job that was uh, cost you an extra two hours because they did something. Are they sinning against you? Do they have it in out for you? <laughs> maybe, but, but maybe they just made a mistake and you're like, I need to let this go. And this is just a genuine, sincere mistake. I don't need to be stewing over this for the rest of the day. They're fallible. People. God loves them. I need to let it go. Couple verses for this: First Peter four eight. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable toward one another without grumbling. Right? Love covers a multitude of sins, a multitude of wrongs. We don't have to nitpick every single person on every single thing. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. Proverbs 19.11, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Overlook it. Now, there's a time when this isn't the right way to respond. I'm not saying that's always the right thing, but there are a lot of things that we could just let go and learn to go. God, this is your problem. Uh, we're going to use this verse this passage for a couple different things but judge not that you not be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and the measure you use it will be measured back to you why do you look at the speck a small thing in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye isn't that a lot of times our anger like if we just stopped and said like what do i need to work on i know i got a list of what this person needs to work on what do i need to and if we spend our time doing that we probably wouldn't be spending as much time angry at other how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck from your eye and and look a plank is in your own eye hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye ask yourself is this a speck i'm trying to remove do i have some things i should maybe be focusing on that have to do with me that would be a better use of all this pent-up energy i have maybe it should be focused on your problems And your wrongdoings instead of this person's mistake or whatever it is can you relate to that letting it go Uh, again sometimes that's just a concrete choice it doesn't mean all the feelings cool down and you feel your heart's flooded with warm fuzzy feelings it's just like i don't need i don't need to gripe about this i don't need to complain i don't need to bring it up i can just let this go lovingly communicate would be another way rather than brewing stewing or exploding, we can lovingly communicate our preferences and or concerns. I wrote example coaster. So I had this roommate years ago uh, as an a, a, you know, adult males, where we uh, rented this house together. And there were these coasters in a wood, uh, a little wood coaster set next to the couch. And so I would sit there and just kind of fidget with them. And you could stack them like this or you could stack them like this next to each other. They fit the same both ways. And so I'd sit there, and which would annoy me probably too. Uh, and then sometimes I would leave them stacked like this, and sometimes I would leave them stacked like this. It was no big deal to me. I was just you know, watching TV or whatever. I just have those things. I come out one morning, and it's like this handcrafted coaster set. It's totally smashed and mangled on the table. I'm like, I'm like, what happened to the coaster thing? Somebody keeps putting the coasters in like this instead of like this. I was like, mm, that was me. Now, honestly, a loving communication about that might have went a lot further, like, hey, could anybody tell me who keeps putting the coasters in here? It drives me crazy. Would you please not do that? I know it's not a big deal, but just some loving communication might have saved that person a fit of rage, right? I'm just glad they didn't mangle me uh, after I told them that. But, um, and so I wrote this. I, I finished this a certain way. It, another example, it really bothers me when you stack the dishes. This is one of ours. Se- 17 years we've been married? 17 years. And you may have a different preference. I like the dishes stacked outside the sink. Absolutely. It's the correct way. That's why I like it some other people want to hide the dishes in the sink (laughs) i'm just kidding so you know what i can do i can lovingly communicate i've done it for 17 years (laughs) 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 or i could let it go (laughs) Uh, sometimes i do i'm just like "Mm." there's other times i take them and go sit them right on her recliner like these were stacked inside the sink if we're not putting things where they go, this is just as good as inside the sink. Um, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. If I do that, it's, it's playful. Uh, but, but really, just loving communication, right? That can save us a world of hurt. We don't have to have a fit of rage. I don't have to walk in and go, What's wrong with you? Do you have no respect for me? Am I just nothing to you? Do you not even care about who I am or what I've said? 17 years. <laughs> and that could be a way to handle it And because it, it gets to our, our, we begin to feel like we were disrespected or whatever it is. But we could even do that. And I would kind of go into this next one. It hurts my feelings or it makes me, and it feels very sissy if you're a guy to say this stuff. Like it kind of hurt hurts my feelings or it makes me feel disrespected when you 17 years later mm-hmm. stacking these in here right it does a but lot it does. It does a lot <laughs> yeah to, to say like hey that's that's uh, so some loving communication and some humility can long, a lot of times go a lot further than just having a fit uh, maybe something like this you've been kind of snappy the past couple of days is something bothering you <laughs> again you would need to say it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that seriously that's been probably I know this because I've done it wrong so many times <laughs> Calm down. Uh, no, you don't want to do that But just something like hey, I don't know what's going on, but you've been very difficult I don't like What's what is it? Yeah, well, if you do it if you do it right It's better than some of the alternatives because here's a lot of times the alternative the alternative is You've been doing this for three days, three days straight. I kept my mouth shut. and you become the monitor. You're like, keep it compte. I kept my, shut, my mouth shut for the first day. And then the second day you kept it up. And I've been doing this and doing that. I've been walking on eggshells around you. I'm sick of it. There's no reason for that. We don't have, and then someone else, whoever else it is, maybe not a spouse, but whoever else fires back with whatever they had. Well, maybe you ever think about the reason that I'm doing it is because you, and you can see what happens. Versus going like, hey, you've been kind of snapping. Depending on who you're talking to, you should guide this to the right way to say it. But the basic idea is some loving communication. Like, I I don't know what's going on. Have I done something to offend you? Are you upset about something else? Or is there something going on? Because it seems like something's wrong the last few days. Again, the wording, I'm not trying to say, here's a perfect phrase for you and your spouse or whatever. But the idea is, one, there are things we can let go. And two, there are things that we can lovingly communicate about, and those are righteous ways to handle anger. It doesn't mean you just got to s- stuff it and take it on the chin and be a doormat. There, he, here are a couple more, and we have a couple more that we'll cover, uh, and that would be forgive and confront. And we'll come back, and we'll talk about those. We'll do a little more review. won't be as extensive uh and then we'll come back and talk about forgiving and confronting because those are also righteous ways to handle anger okay so with that we're gonna have jordan come up i'm gonna pray uh one more time i'm gonna have jordan come up and lead us in a final song and then we'll uh i want to make another one minute comment after that song Father, we thank you for today. Uh, uh, Thank you that we can kind of laugh and joke and, and talk about these things that we all struggle with in one way, shape, or form or have struggled with. I pray that you would give freedom where there needs to be freedom in this area. I pray that you would give hope where there needs to be hope and healing. couple words as we close just remember that as we deal with anger and when we handle it unrighteously it is a sin against god that's the the biggest uh, thing that we need to be sure to take care of whether that's through confessing repenting uh, seeking out to grow but we want to make that part right and i want to just give you hope that if you struggle with anger a little or a lot there's hope because we have a loving savior who died so that we could be set free from the bondage of sin. We don't have to live as slaves to our anger. And so we can praise God this week, knowing that we have hope and freedom. Let me pray one more time. Father, thank you for each of these people here today. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. I pray that you would protect them in body and mind and spirit as they go out into the world. Help them to shine brightly for you. Help them to enjoy your love this week. We love you. And we praise you. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.